Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. Welcome to the Nikki Glaser Podcast. It's Wednesday, December 1st. Rabbit, rabbit. Do you ever do that? You say uh, rabbit, rabbit at the top of the month. Never have remembered no. in my life to do it. What are you? What are you wearing on your shirt? Zero fucks given. Is that what it says? Yes. Oh, I, I like it. Um, that was like, I guess the th- the thing to say of like 2017. <laughs> That's a yeah, little uh, red. But like, I like. I uh, listen. We got to give fucks. Otherwise, we're not going to get much done. But it does, if I saw you walking around with that, I'd be like, whoa, she's intimidating. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. And, but little do I, you know, further you have the, the voice of an angel and you uh, <laughs> desperately care what people think. No, you actually, I don't think yeah. you do. You're not someone that strikes me as that insecure. Um, although we all are in our own way. Um, you're just a, I wasn't an enigma. You what? are, 
you're not someone who is insecure. You're someone who is, you're unlike a lot of, you're unlike anyone I know, maybe not anyone I know, but you're, um, you, you have a type of anxiety I, I would never know about in terms of like, uh, I don't even know how to describe your anxiety. Uh, and anxiety can be such a spectrum. Yeah. Like you get nervous, not of what people think about you and like your likes and interests. Like I'm, I'm always worried about what it means about me fundamentally. You get anxiety. And by the way, let me just cut in. You can tell me what you get anxiety about. But my guess is that your anxiety or insecurities are about just like nerves of being the center of attention or like, yes, I don't just like being be, doing something embarrassing. <laughs> not, not even embarrassing. I just don't like the attention being focused on me. I don't, what's going to happen though? Like that. what's the fear? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really trying to figure that out. Uh, I hmm. think I maybe like the burden of having to entertain cause I do have social anxiety and yeah. that's more about like, how do I end a conversation without being rude? How do I get out of a situation? Uh, if well, I don't these like are all it? things about, you know, without being rude. That's like, so people don't think I'm a bad person. So it is. Yes. It is yeah. insecurities about like insecurity. a, a judgment of like who you are. But then there are times where I see you like, oh, just tell him no, I'm not doing like, oh, you'll like, sometimes you don't like someone, which <laughs> it's happened in the past and you've been kind of perfectly spot on with the people that you are just like no they're not good and you've had this like you know back when we used to do you up and I would see you in studio with people mm. there would just be a vibe sometimes when you're like I'm angry and I don't like them around and I you were so I get protective. I, when I get that anger I can't I actually go the other way which is such an annoying trait of like I'm so scared that people will see it and that it will change the way they behave around me in order. So I think that when I fear people or I hate people, I'm scared that if they know how much I hate them, they will either they'll, I don't know what the fear is that they know because if I hate them, why do I care if they know I hate them? I guess it's this fear that they'll, I guess I'm usually scared of people I hate because they're mm -hmm. usually people that are very scary. Like I, I don't like people that are manipulative are in positions of power, are, you know, uh, exploit their power. So I guess when I, f I fear that they know I hate them because I know that they're sociopathic enough to use it against me if they know that I am not on their good side. So I think that's why I, maybe that's it. I don't know, yeah. I'm trying to psychoanalyze myself. Maybe because it's like, you can't believe that someone would do that because to you, like in your values, you're a good person. You would never harm someone, but the fact that oh. someone can go out of their I way and harm I just know someone. they can hurt. It's about me, though. It's about protecting me. I don't want... Yeah. If I hate someone, they're usually someone who is in a position of power and they're a bad, bad person. You know what I mean? And yeah. if they know I hate them, they will direct that sociopathy and that craziness at me. And I don't want to set that off. Because yeah. the people I, I loathe the most... And by the way, it's all based... Like, I shouldn't loathe... I, do, I try not to loathe anyone and I truly try to, like even someone like Trump, like I try to empathize or even someone like, I just understand like his brain is just a bad brain and he grew up with bad parents and a bad system and a like, and he's just, and I know some people are like, a lot of people grow up with in that same wealth and that same kind of family system and they don't turn into Trump. 
Well, they don't have his brain too, so which is a fucked up brain and the same kind of trauma that happened to him that led him to be the person he is. And the people that like him, God, I couldn't understand people less. And as I, as the fear of him winning again and not conceding, which you know he won't even, so the fear of him taking office no matter what, because it's, it's not even, who cares if he wins or not? We know that he will just take it even if he loses really has been scaring me recently and um it's been drudging up this like anger towards his supporters that I had I haven't felt since November of last year you know that kind of went away not did I mean it, it bubbled up again in January but um it's just I haven't felt it and I just don't like it I don't want to I don't want to hate people that uh, that I don't understand or I think that something you know? that I've I've thought about recently is like I aspire to be a fully conscious person. Mm. And in order to be a fully conscious person, you have to take your point of view, but you also have to- a lot of coffee. You have to have a lot of coffee. I just picture like just being unconscious is like sleeping or getting (laughs) knocked out. Not that kind of conscious. don't box or, oh, okay. Like I want my soul to be conscious. Like I want to be so like fully understanding of everyone. And you have to take in all sorts of perspectives and realize that there are perspectives- that you don't know, that you don't even know that you don't know. Well, yeah, that's the whole free will. Like, when I talk about Trump, like, how could I, if my parents heard me empathizing with Trump and being like, I can see why he's the way he is and I forgive him for it, they would go, they would baffle them that I could have any kind of sympathy for that person or Jeffrey Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell or like any of these fucking abusers that I've heard about. But even, um, you know, you've, everyone's heard me talk about it ad nauseum of like i i feel bad for people who have done like there was this i was listening to my friend's radio show the other day and there was this girl on and she was talking about a show she had thought of that was so hilarious she's um i'll plug her show she's a a st louis talent her name is lauren wait something she was on the courtney show Uh, uh yeah risley lauren risley and she's on this new um uh, HGTV show called like Ask the Closer or something like that but apparently it's a great show I want to support other and she was really funny on on my favorite you know morning radio show the Courtney show in St. Louis I was listening to it and she was on and she was talking about a show she pitched or like you know jokingly was pitching where it was like combined people's love of dogs and murder and you find people that abuse dogs you save the dog and then you murder the person that did it and that, which is funny but I also am like, if someone's beating a dog, they have been very abused. And I'm like, okay, well, let's shrink that person down to a child and think about what happened to them that made them do that. I don't know. I just, even even like, even like, oh, they need to be punished made me go, no, let's have empathy. <laughs> Sometimes it's fun to be angry. Can I just say, though, that your fear that you were trying to, you were like, oh, I've been thinking about it more. Like, my fear of having all the focus on me. Maybe you weren't thinking about it till I actually brought it up. But I can't, I can't even plan a wedding because I don't want to be the center of attention, to be honest with okay. you. Okay. Well, here's, maybe this will help you and maybe whoever is listening and your like weird, not weird fear, but your valid fear of being the center of attention, being, um, mine is being uh, seen as a joke or a fraud. You know, like I have imposter syndrome Except for the podcast, I just want to say that. Mm-hmm. For my stand-up, I have imposter syndrome, where I think 
that I'm tricking everyone. I'm good, but I'm not as good as people think and that I've figured out little shortcuts and that I'm like a magician and, and you know, my therapist, my bad therapist, abusive therapist always used to say, and this helps me with imposter syndrome. I know I love how much I reference <laughs> her as much as funny. she was a bad therapist. Like she's the only one I reference. It's like when I transferred from the university of Colorado Boulder and I went to Kansas, everything I learned in college that was like, wow, that class really changed me was all my freshman year. And I left. I keep so, thinking that her name is Maya abusive therapist. Oh my God. Let's call her Dr. Busev. Dr. Busev. So Dr. Busev, because honestly this woman is, if she's still out there is capable of suing my ass. Um, Dr. Busev, I'm not even joking you. I'm going to call her that in my book. Maya Busev. Uh, Dr. Busev, uh, and you guys can use this in your lives too. If you've ever had an abusive boyfriend, you can call him, uh, you know, Mr. Busev. Um, so Dr. Busev used to say to me, who do you think you are that you've tricked all these people? You've tricked executives at, at, you know, MTV, Comedy Central, the comedy seller, you tricked Esty into getting you past. You think you're so good at tricking people. And then it flipped it on its head because I think I'm so shitty, right? My whole thing is like, I'm shitty and no one knows I'm shitty. But really the idea that I think that all these people were duped by me is really me thinking I'm pretty fucking great, which then turns your argument on its head of like, you're actually, what you're actually saying when you think you're, shittier than everyone thinks and you're uh you know an imposter is that you're so cunning you're like you know leonardo dicaprio and catch me if you can mm. no i'm not these people are smart these people a lot you know some executives are dumb as shit and they're just assistants that just stuck around long enough to be promoted through the system and they don't deserve to be where they are but a lot of people that approve what goes on tv are very smart and are smarter than me at picking stuff and so i i got it and my fans I never feel this way about besties, by the way. And I, and people that come see me do stand up, I, I, it's not like I, I, I hate even saying this because it sounds like I, I think that they're wrong or something. Like, I don't get this feeling unless it's like me posting a clip. But truly, my besties, this is a thing I'm like confident I'm pretty damn good at. And even when I'm bad at it, it's good because it's, that's why I'm good. That's the beauty of po this podcast, four days a week. And being completely open is that when it's bad, when I'm not a good host, when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm sullen and grumpy and being a bitch to Andrew and being like negative, that's good because it's multifaceted and it's yes. it's what I'm trying to bring to this platform or, you know, this fucking it's, it's not even what I'm trying to bring. It's the only thing I can bring. And I feel good about that. And even on my bad days. And so I can accept that. Um, and learn from it. I'm grateful that I've become such a better friend to Andrew through being such a cunt to him on this show and having people sh show me that and like tell me like, hey, you should pay attention. But anyway, so Noah, I talked about it the other day about my fear of posting clips. I talked about it a little bit, right? On Monday? Yes, you did. And I saw that. And then, then I posted a clip. I was very proud of you. So were many people in my life. Thank you so much to those who reached out to me about posting a clip because you know I struggled with it. What I realized, Noah, and what you can realize about this wedding, okay, okay. is that, and this might help people, because I just imagined, I addressed the fear, okay, Nikki has a fear of posting something online, 
people seeing that she's not good. And by people, I mean like other comedians who are experts at this being able to, then they get to look at it closely and dissect how bad it is. Because if there's a clip, you can dissect. You know, if, if it's a picture of me that's a YouTube link in my bio, that takes them a couple seconds, like, you know, clicks to dissect. If I give it to them, like, here you go, judge me. It's, that's, that's my fear, okay? My fear is one or two comedians who literally are faceless to me. I don't even know who I'm picturing. Usually I can picture someone judging me on Instagram. This whole sphere of the stand-up clip, I don't even know who the fuck is judging me. But they're watching the clip and they're analyzing it and they're going, she sucks. Wow, I thought she was good because she's presented, you know, she sells out on the road. She has pictures of herself looking like she's killing on stage. This is really, I've never even paid attention. This isn't good. And you know what? First of all, that fear is based in my judgment of other people that I have of comics because I don't watch a lot of stand-up. I just assume what people tell me. Oh, you're good, so I guess you're good. This one person I respect, Mike Birbiglia, thinks you're good. You must be good. Like something, Like I just kind of see who you know, touts you and I go, okay, well, they're probably good. I, you know, I don't really watch stand up and then I'll watch it and I'll go, well, this is empty and unworked out and garbage. The reason I do that is because I feel like I am. It's me projecting. I don't even, that person's probably pretty damn good. So then I realized that once I named the fear, really was like, okay, that's the fear is people are going to, a couple people are going to judge me and within the comedy community, the biggest fear would be that it, they spread it around that I'm not good. Because let me be honest, a lot of comedians talk shit. And there are a lot of comedians who we would all as a group of comedians, not publicly, but have privately in the backs of rooms and green rooms decided are shit comics who are extremely successful, but we all know they're bad. We all know the public is being deceived we don't understand why these people like like have their fans. And I bet you anything, 90% of comedians would agree that this person or these people suck. There's a, there's a list. Not going to give it. You can only assume. Um, and those comedians may or may not know that every comedian, 90% of comedians think they suck. Um, but we all do. And I'm so scared of being on that list. Then I was like, okay, let me say, let's say I make the list because I post this clip. Um, those comedians that are on that list, I, they only grow in popularity. No opinion of a comedian has ever stopped them from getting something. In fact, I've seen many of these comedians that we've all agreed suck and, you know, have deceit are bad for comedy. I've seen them reach heights of fame that, um, get to the point where all the comedians that talk shit about them start liking them and huh. becoming friends with them and associating with them. So even if my worst fear is that I'm blacklisted somehow, which it's just not it's just not going to happen. I've never seen it happen. And even if it does happen, like even if my fear is real, I was just like fear is like it's 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 invisible. I don't know why I pictured it. I pictured fear like this like beach ball of like uh air that was like this negative air and I was just holding this beach ball before I posted that and I was just like once you acknowledge what the fear is it's like okay well what really is it it's nothing it does it's invisible it doesn't exist it's not like i'm gonna be in pain if i post this just disable the comments because my fear was andrew's like don't look at the comments well i know you'll look at the comments and i know other comics will look at the comments and people like comments because people like being told how to feel about something and that's the danger of comments 
I do it. I, every time I'm on a Reddit thread and there's a video posted, I don't even watch the video. I just go to the Reddit because I don't have the patience for it. And I go, how am I supposed to feel about this? What are people's opinions so I can pick one that aligns with my beliefs and go with it? I'm a fucking lemming too. So that's why I disabled comments on it. I don't want people to, I want people to form their own opinions on it without any assistance. Which I didn't even, when I did that, I go, oh my God, I didn't realize comments were just a, a suggestion of how to feel about something yeah. so you don't have to form your own opinion and be an individual. And so for you, I would try to picture the fear of the wedding day and all that attention on you and what it actually means. Because what it means is, is that you think that people don't really want to focus on you, that you're somehow like bothering us by doing that or mm -hmm. like it's an, like that you're putting us out by being the center of attention and you're making us think, God, no one wants attention. I guess we got to give this to her. She's so needy or like, yeah. ugh, this day's all about her. <laughs> well, the truth is people don't have to go to your wedding. If people just, and, and yes, a lot of people go, oh, we have to go to a wedding. It's Noah's wedding. She's my fucking friend from for eight years or whatever it is. That sounds like I'm saying what I say when no, I get the invitation. No, no, no. And I would no, never but, be mad at someone. But the thing her. is, yeah, it's up to them. It really, even in a wedding invitation that seems like a non-negotiable, yes, I have to go. It's their choice to go. And by the way, how great do you feel when you see someone you love get married and walk down the aisle? And have you ever in your life been filled with, and even, you know, maybe you do feel that way. Maybe you're like, ugh. Because I do feel that way about other comics. My fear is actually something I feel about other people. So maybe, but I think for you, you could even go as far as to run it through your head and be like, I've really never felt that way about someone. And the people I have felt that about, and I'm speaking as you, and I'm also speaking as me, the people I've felt that way about comedically that I go, oh God, they suck. And the people that you've maybe felt like, oh my God, she's such a bridezilla. She's making this all about her. She loves attention. Ugh. No one would ever put you in the same category as that person. It never, no other things about you or me line up with those comedians and those brides. So this fear, it's, it's just a thing you have to take this beach ball and just like throw it and go, okay, good, I, I know what it is. It's not an actual physical like barrier. There's not like a door you have to break down to have a wedding. You know, like fears, people have like real fears of like, I could drown, I don't know how to swim. I don't, you know, I might get, hit by a car I've been hit by a car before like things that could actually kill them having weddings not going to kill you posting on Instagram is not going to kill me um and I did it I'm going to do it again and as soon as I did it I was like this was easy as fuck it was the same way I felt about going on first dates which I used to fear so yes. much and as soon as I would go on one I'd be like where's the next one let's do this because I would be on this like roll it's the same way I feel about writing you know, like I'm trying to write a book right now with this woman who's helping me. And um, I have this immense fear over writing a book because it's not going to be good. I'm not going to be as good as I want to be. But a second I wrote a chapter, I was like, where's more? But then I took a two month break. Now I'm, I just had a call with her and she's like, we're, we're going to get started again. And I'm like, oh, I'm having that fear again. And I'm going to beach ball it and I'm going to kick it. And it just hit the light and came back to me. So I'm going to deal with it later, but let's get Andrew in here and talk about some big news he has. Andrew! Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Andrew. Um, so we're talking about fear and like me I posting. None. I know. Well, I, I, you always wear those shirts that say you have none. I just want to double check that it's true. Um, we're talking about fear and like how... Like the, me posting the other day, I just, for some reason, after talking about it enough, which by the way, that helps. Like journaling about the thing you're fearful of, talking about it with friends. Like if you're just having it in your head, if you're listening to this podcast and all you do is talk about, like think about your problems in your head, you got to get them out of your head. They don't do, they start, you, you think it's enough, because I used to think it was enough too to just think on something, put it on a paper or talk to a friend fucking leave me a voice memo i'm not even getting you i won't i won't even fucking listen to it but leave me a voice memo <laughs> on my dms and maybe I, a girl once did that and i did listen to it she caught me at a good time and i actually got to meet her at one of our shows but honestly say it out loud write a voice memo to yourself and then erase it afterwards yeah but if, you gotta say it out loud talk to a tree talk to your dog 
Um, <laughs> Noah just got over a fear of going back to jujitsu. She just told me. So how long did you take off from jujitsu? A while, Noah. Well, yeah, I've been struggling with that. I did restart, and then I I took off for like Thanksgiving, and the week before I didn't really go to class. So it was like uh, okay two weeks after like I ate a bunch and was very like sedentary and I had this like big monster in my head like oh you know you're not going to remember you're going to be winded you, you're not going to be able to do an hour and a half and then I was telling a girl in the locker room I was like I had this whole big conversation in my head before class trying to get me not to come here but I feel so good right now I had I was able to help someone I was like I I got some good tips and I just felt so fulfilled at the end of class and I was like why yes. do we have to have these monsters in our head dude we gotta okay everyone who's listening right now we all have something right now we are so fucking dreading tackling whether it's cleaning your room cleaning a garage taking your dog to the vet I'm just listing things that yeah. I have to do making an appointment for the gyne- <laughs> gynecologist get, going to talk to a therapist like right don't do anything about it today you don't have to clean your room you don't have to fucking call your aunt that you've been avoiding calling just write about it or talk to someone about it and talk about the fear behind it because it's not like oh i just don't have time to do it you have if you have time to shit you have time to do any step towards these things and i've noticed too like with jujitsu for instance like that's a tough workout like that's why it might be a little bit more if it's a if it's a harder thing to tackle the fear will probably build up and what kind of sucks is if you're going to take a class maybe you just want to start with rolling around for 10 minutes and kind of build yourself up or you go to the class and you fucking i did a four mile run the other day and it was so embarrassing how after two months i went from running eight mile eight minute miles even like some 750s in four miles to an average of 945 it was like and i tried my best and it was so demoralizing but guess what I just it that, no, no, that run wasn't point, about being fast. I was just trying to my get point air, though is though it. like if it's if it's something that's too lofty like, too lofty like for instance I went like I haven't worked out in a while I hit a ton of golf balls I really did work my ass off with that stuff but I stopped lifting completely and then I started looking for workouts that were like golf specific yeah where essentially it's like how can I sit down and eat a sandwich and go like this. And that will help my golf swing. Like I was looking for workouts that were the least yeah. tough as possible yeah. because I was right. afraid of like having to work out so hard again and sweat. But then I just started doing the half hour at uh, three miles per hour on an eight incline on. And I swear to God, once I did that four times, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start doing a little bit of circuit yes. training. Dude, but an it's literally walk. just that little incremental step will open you up to being okay. I can I could go work out. I'm again. telling like you. This, it's weird like and the, that's a big enough workout in its own. The treadmill is a great I hate treadmills. You know, if you can walk outside it's always better, but like it's it's that incline. I love doing um you know, if you're trying to get back oh, into I mean, working you out. You really crush it. Well, no, I, I'm not giving you the uh, crazy workout, but like uh. doing that, you know, if you're starting out today like with a workout regimen where you're like, "Oh god, it just seems so insurmountable." Up uh, 20 minutes on a treadmill. And literally do three miles per hour. Yeah. Start on a three incline. So give yourself not just flat, three incline. And then move up one degree and like move to a four after two minutes. And then get to the point where it's just you're like heave hoeing. And then start going back down every minute. Yeah. And it, you won't, three minutes is never going to feel like a lot. 
or three miles per hour. But when you're on a steep incline, it's going to work you up to a sweat and you're going to feel like something. Dude. And you'll just think about the thing that you want to tackle because it's such a good workout. These workouts don't have to be. I swear to God, you guys. It doesn't have to be like Orange Theory. It doesn't I just have passed to on a you. fucking ad, yeah. possible ad, because it was some fucking intensive workout bullshit. And I just don't want to promote that stuff on the yeah. show. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, God, when we are in a position where we need to, I probably will. But <laughs> it's nice to be able to say <laughs> no, because I don't believe in these high intensity workouts. I don't believe in the keep your belt on bike. Stop with this 800 calorie burning 800 calories. It's Can a I fucking hamster say- wheel. The like for me, jujitsu, like Andrew said, it was intense workout. Like I don't go to jujitsu for a workout, which is what I love yes. about it. I go yes. for personal achievement and for all yes. the good little. That's, why that's I what I run for. And golf for me. I run. Yeah. If it's if I'm running to burn calories or because I want to work off a meal, I don't get to run. I don't get to do it. If I run like that's my new rule for myself. It has been for two years. I've maybe slipped once where I was like, go extra hard because you ate too much last night. And I, you know, had to do some prayer about it or journaling about it because I swear to God, and easy for me to say, Nikki, you're a skinny bitch. You know, whatever weight you are, if you're trying to lose weight, if you abuse yourself with exercise and punish yourself, you're never going to view it. And it's always going to be something that only comes into your life when you're, you know, at your lowest and that you punish yourself with. But it's really, I never believed people when they were like, exercise can be something like healthy and that, that you want to do. But if you, you, if you don't kill yourself over it and you're not doing it to punish yourself or to like make a weight, I just believe it's the best approach and you can be, I've, I've never, I've had, the, I right now am the best I've ever looked naked and I have not dieted, starved myself, even for a second, have not worked out to achieve anything in two almost a year and a half and that's crazy because i was trying so hard since i've was 18 to look a certain way i tried for 18 17 and a half years to have the best body possible and guess what it was there all along all i had to do was stop starving stop exercising fake tits and and yes, you just have to spend thousands of dollars <laughs> yeah. on some big luscious <laughs> kettlebell tits. <laughs> I did not get fake tits, but sometimes some it does look like an ass. I would if I if I I would if I wanted them. I would absolutely. I'm such an advocate for getting whatever kind of work done you want. But I really hope that people don't punish themselves with yeah, exercise I, I this holiday like season, a, trying to get in shape. Or you there's know. a culture, especially with men, where it's like fucking. Oh my god! I saw this TikTok the other day, and and the guy's like, "Be stop being." He's like looking at stop being a fucking pussy. Yeah, get the fuck in the gym. You like that stuff? I did. And then the guy though, then it cuts to this guy who couldn't be any more nerdy looking, and it cuts right to him, and he goes, "You get out of the gym." That's you, great. <laughs> you get out of the gym. Oh my god, you have to say these. It made me laugh so hard because I love sharing. TikToks. I love the aggressiveness of not doing something. Oh it's my like, god, you be lazy. You be lazy, and it's like that's what you're hearing. I love it. And it's so like, much. oh my god, it was just so fucking funny. And I, I, yeah, I just think like this idea of like, look, I respect someone like David Goggins. I listened to his book while falling asleep on the couch, mm-hmm. while you know eating yeah. a pizza. No, no, no. There's but, something to all of this stuff, but it's just no, no. But my point is like, like the idea of like you have to kill yourself. Don't think of it like that because you're gonna avoid it. Like just fucking walk 
on a three miles per hour on an eight, and I promise you, you're gonna feel fucking great. And I'm and, telling you, yeah, that's all. Like, that's I, all. and listen, I've always said, if you want to know how I got this point of view and truly accepted in my heart, you can always DM me, and I'll let you know my secret. But um, I hope that some of this trickles down because I just never thought it was ever possible to not work out every day and not be counting calories, which I still count calories because I have a brain and I know what calories are, but I don't. You stop counting calories. Like I can't, so if I'm counting calories, <laughs> you, you stop telling me to count calories. Uh, Is that how it works? You stop, stop, stop. To yeah. Me. You stop not counting them. You count. Um, Dracula. Get a calculator, bitch. <laughs> you dab boobless upside down. Um, Yes, I just, I, like yesterday I was counting, I was like adding up my, because I was like, I didn't, I feel like I'm so, I went to bed and I was so hungry. I woke up at 4 a.m. and I was like starving. And I go, what, did I not eat enough yesterday? And I added them up. And so there's sometimes I do that where I just go, did it, did I not get to, I, I do like 2,400 calories a day without question. How many carbs do you do? I don't think about carbs I let my body decide. Like I listen to no, but to, in like, what you eat, is there car? Is there carbs in that stuff? Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, oatmeal is carbs. Dude. Oh, 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 oatmeal is just a car. It's like a fucking carb. It's that's carb. But you do eliminate bread, which I think I don't is like so, bread. I yeah. just it doesn't. No, but I'm saying though, like it, it is that something is a, that a lot of people eat. Well, that's that, a thing that. I do that if you look at me eat a sandwich or like things eat a plate of food I will avoid the things that are like loaded with just empty stuff because yeah. I love eating and I want to eat and I just like prefer the taste of vegetables over bread I would rather have four times the amount of vegetables yeah. than a piece of bread which See. is going to give me the same kind of caloric nutrition and that stuff can be you know I'm not perfect with my like I eat weird fucking foods but there's never a point where I'm trying to eat less of, I used to eat, you know, salad, but I would still count it and try to get yeah. under, you know, my aim was always like 1400 calories or something like that. A guess day? what? A day. Yeah, but that was the aim. But guess what? I blow, I would, I would get up to 4,000 because I would try to hit 14 and then I would start to eat. At night, where I would think, oh, you know, no one's watching. God's not watching. No, you like, get a calculator, and then I would blow past. I would triple my <laughs> daily intake because I was so. Starving. What is a? Is there? I mean, should I, there be a number in mind for people? No, you know what should be if you feel hungry and yeah. you, but you got to recalibrate because I didn't know what hunger was. I still don't know sometimes. Even like when I woke up at four in the morning, I was like, is this because I'm anxious? Do I want to just have a taste in my mouth to like feel? Because food is a drug. I mean, the sugar and all the things, they set off all these endorphins in our brain, the oxytocin, and, and it's like a drug. So it's hard to hard to recalibrate, but um, hunger feels um, like you can, you can track it by just being like, okay, what did I eat? Did I eat enough today? Mm -hmm. Like I, I have like, this is, a, I don't, I don't mean to like brag and talk about foods and like what I eat, but if this gives anyone any kind of hope for how their body could be. And this is something I do no matter what and I will do the rest of my life. I have like 500 to 600 calorie breakfast every single morning, yeah. no matter what I ate the night before, how late I ate it, always. I mean, it will be 400 if I ate a ton the night before because I'm just not as hungry. Up to six to eight, like I will go buck what. Yeah. If I'm still hungry in the morning, I'm eating because it's just, it 
it you always think it's going to fuck you over later on because you're like, I'm still going to eat as much as I did yesterday later on. But it's like you just don't. And like that's I think that is the key is eating a really hearty filling breakfast. And I always used to roll my eyes at that. And the idea, if you would have told me two years ago that I would eat 600 calorie breakfast, I'm not joking you. I would have said I'll rather die. No, I'd rather I know. fucking throw I remember myself you would myself wait off a until sundown. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about what I ate. I was thinking about like the apartments I've lived in and like what I was like thinking about eat, my and like in there? and I was like, "Oh my god, that apartment I lived on what, that we met on with the where balcony started. I literally never made a single meal. I didn't use my microwave yeah. even once. All I ate were protein bars. All I ate and then I would eat, you know, salads at the cellar so I'd get a little bit of like veggies and actual food. Literally subsisted on protein bars for f- three and a half, four years of my life. Uh, Orgain <laughs> should uh, build build a wing of their factory and name it after me because I bought you that. I used to go, I used to eat. That's all I ate. Yeah. I won't touch another Orgain bar the rest of my life. I like it disgusts me that because it just, but I liked it. Yeah, I, that's what I needed at that time, yeah. and that was fine. I liked it. There was never a time I ate those, being like, "I wish I could have something else." I wanted that. Yeah. So it, but think, and right now I'm in a fucking. I'm still on my oatmeal protein oatmeal kick. It's all I want all the time. I have to force myself to eat other things of, with other nutrition. It's just what I want. Am I fucking around with that oatmeal so that I can? do less calories no 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 i'm eating just as much as i would if i ate another food but it's just all i want and i forgive myself for that because the other i'm not starving myself anymore and that's that's the fucking key that's why i get so frustrated last night we were with my lover and he like i could tell he was hungry because he mentioned like oh i'm kind of hungry like after we went to the hockey game we were on our way home and he was like yeah, that chicken sandwich wasn't good. I'm hungry. And I was like, I have to be with this guy through the night. And then he's going to wake up. I know he's going to wake up not in time to get breakfast before he has to go to work. He's going to be. And he. I need to just stay out of people's fucking business. Yeah. Because, but I have to be around it. And then. I, but, so but, I need but to you're go, assuming go home, what's going to happen before it happens. But I. Do but you think. But does that. He changed. His mood changes okay. when he's hungry. No, but I get frustrated sometimes. Not with you, but like. No, of with course a, with me. Yeah. But. 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 Yeah. Well, of course with me. <laughs> no, I try to control your no, food no. too because I'm like, we're about to be on a seven hour yeah. flight and you don't have any snacks. I just don't like when people make assumptions of how I'm going to be in the future before it even happens. Even though. Even they though might they've be been right. around they you might be a million right. times. They might and be they right. know that when you get. You are different when you're hungry. You don't get hangry. Yeah, I've never, I've never really like. And and my lover doesn't get hangry either. He just gets <laughs> my lover. like my lover. he gets less fun. <laughs> he gets less fun. He's not as present yes. because he's and he doesn't even. I, I don't mean to. I believe that he doesn't even know he's hungry, and he's so picky with food. I know, but these that, are things that like. But I don't. I you know what I can do? I can go go home. I don't want to be around you if you don't eat. But then it leads to a huge fight. Well, I think you need to wait to see if his attitude is changing Let me before tell you, you mentioned. He got a meal in last night. Ooh. I <laughs> had too many calories. Dude, I posted a video last <laughs> night before we get to the news. We went to the game, we went to the Blues hockey By game. By the way, that was the most, f- that might have been the most fun at a sporting event 
I've ever had, like, I've had some, I don't know what it was. I was feeling so fucking giddy. It was so and silly. Fun. We were on the Jumbotron. Dude, we got on mm. the Jumbotron. <laughs> I was on right away as I took my seat because I was wearing an obnoxious pink sweater. I think people just, like, saw. Put, oh, put us on. they just put, oh, okay. Yeah, when when uh, my love and I sat down, they and you guys were, Brenna and you were still, miss you so much, Brenna. Mm, um, kisses, baby. You guys were like at the concession stand. We we got seated. We sat down first, and they, we showed up right away. And we were like, "Oh my god, hi!" And it was just two seconds. And then the whole rest of the game, I'm like, "Oh my god, are they gonna put us on again?" We posted an Instagram story. I tagged the Blues. You didn't tag the Blues, oh, which is your big mistake because oh. the Blues are watching the store. What they get tagged in, they reached out to me and they were like, "Oh my god, you're at the game. Let us know what section so we can put you on the jumbotron." And I was oh. and like, and call you out. And so I was in the bathroom when I got it, and I'm like, "Okay, I want, I want." My, my lover to be on with me and be a fun moment <laughs> so i didn't tell them which section i was in until he got back because he was trying to go find merch to buy you and brenna oh i was like god damn it his generosity made him miss the jumbotron so i'm sitting in my seat <laughs> holding holding like have the dm written of my section row seat yeah. numbers for all of us so we all four could get on and i'm waiting to send it till he gets back because i know they're gonna do it right away and I'm like, he's taking forever. And I'm like, fuck, they're going to find me before I write back. And of course they found me. And right as he's like yeah. at the top and I'm like, I know I'm, I'm going, hurry. I'm calling him over because I have a feeling it's coming. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're up on the Jumbotron. And Andrew and I are just like going. <laughs> Did you see on my Instagram story? There's a st- I posted it. it on. The, I posted it on the pod. Yes. I said next year, hopefully my name will go up there too. <laughs> Dude, you could have gotten your name up there. Maybe. And Andrew got was... recognized yesterday before I did, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that was pretty cool. A guy came up and was like, Andrew Collin? And he Dude, came up from behind us and was like, He is the nicest kid. I love puddles, man. Can I man? give him a shout out? Yeah. Because... Well, he's not listening to this. No. Because he didn't even, he he knew I, me from, from, Rogan, from Rogan. And then he learned about you from me from <laughs> yeah. being on Rogan, but he skipped our podcast and just went straight to puddles. I was like, dude, we got everything goes, he was saying. Yeah, goes, you know, Nikki's right here. And he goes, wait, what? what? Oh, yeah, you're that girl. Aiden like, O'Order. He plays like football here for a local Lindenwood. college. Yeah, Lindenwood. Anyway, it was a the fun fucking The nicest kid game. I think I might have ever met. Like, he 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 wrote me before. He's like, dude, I just want to hang out with you. Like, he wrote this before. I don't know. And He's I realized so he was sitting he was sitting up in the nosebleed. He figured out a way. Well, to he go. saw you post that you were yeah. there. And then he came down and found you. But I was freaking out. Uh, back to the Jumbotron. Like, so Nikki's on there like this. And so I get in there. I go, whoa, yeah. I, someone said I should have proposed to oh you. Oh, my God. Yes. Or attacked well, you. Well, we're going to go back because uh, that was – hockey games are so fast. They're so fun. They, we were down 3 nothing. Everything's brightly lit. The atmosphere is good. Like, baseball games I fucking I love you. for the people watching. But this one is a smaller uh, yeah. arena. It's my goal to play an arena that size. I realize that's my next goal is to do 20,000 seats yeah. because I, I was asking – my love about it and he was like um i go how many seats is this he's like probably twenty thousand. i go would taylor swift play this and he goes she has but you know probably not anymore she's probably doing you know i go is this where we saw the rolling stones and he's like no that was like sixty thousand. Mm. and i'm like oh it's it felt small for some reason it's uh the the enterprise center but yeah. the blues game was so fucking fun dude i mean we were down we got there like maybe get five news. minutes into the game we're down three nothing I'm like, did they start? Did they just give them three goals? Because we were playing fucking great once we got there. This is all news to me because I never once looked at the score. And, yeah, uh, but we came back tied that three a, three, tied oh, in overtime, and, and won because it was a good sports game. I had fun because 
it was I got on the jumbotron and I was with my friends. That's true. But it's so honestly, funny that you like it was a good game too. No, it was like an like one of the best games oh, of shit. the season. Okay. If a, if a hockey team is down by three goals, the game's over. It is. Yeah, that doesn't... We don't come back from You that. don't go to overtime and then win in a yeah, shootout. it was really fun. It oh, moves oh, so fast. Oh, O'Reilly. O'Reilly. He scored a goal. Okay. Uh, Andrew, let's get to the news. You here we go, you baby. Heard here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Oh, boy. It's Wednesday, folks. You know what that means? It is Wednesday. I hope you're having all the swells out there. We did because we were on the Jumbotron. We're better than all of you. Just kidding. (laughs) Maybe. All right. Let's get into it. Oh, man. This story kind of made me nauseous. A woman was scarred during laser treatment after her beautician became distracted while arguing with her boyfriend on the phone. Oh my God! I've, I mean, I've heard of this before. Sabrina Jalees, my uh, one of my best friends, got scarred by laser oh. hair removal. On you want to know this? This is the worst. She had like a, it looked like she had a tracheotomy because she had like a hole in her neck from getting like hair removed. And she was at the. I met her for the first time at Just for Laughs in Montreal, 2007, and she had to wear a scarf around her neck because she had a fucking hole, and she uh, she got a fucking little settlement out of that, as she should have. Oh, she did get a settlement. So you this know how woman, much this woman got? Guess. Wait, what, what? So she was getting what laser re- treatment was she getting? Laser rejuvenation. Oh, uh, I need to know which kind so I can maybe... sue them eventually. Wait, because I love that. So laser she's in stuff. Turkey. How much money do you think she got in the I settlement? Mean, uh, I'm guessing three thousand because it's going to be low. <laughs> she got her money back. Two hundred sixty dollars. Oh my god! What the fuck? Can you imagine getting Wait. your face burnt and they go, "Hey, we could give you store credit." <laughs> She looks like, you know, a Thanksgiving turkey that was done in the, yeah, the deep and fryer. Yeah, deep, deep, deep fryer. Wait, what the fuck? She looks so young in that picture on the left, and then she looks... I wait, mean, granted, the attorney... Wait, atter- can I see it? The can attorney, the, the attorney is smart by putting up, you know, the hottest photo she's ever taken. Yeah. Well, not that smart, because he only got her $260. Well, that's in turkey. Well, turkey cash? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> poor sweetie. Oh, Asley Ehan suffered min- permanent facial scarring from a yeah. laser treatment gone awry. So this was in Turkey, though? Yeah. I mean, oh, my and God. And the one photo she has makeup on. Oh, okay. But. Well, I see what's going on here. Um, she went to go treat her scars, but only it only made it worse. She has, she had not only physical pain, but uh, psychological damage. Not only was my face badly burned, but I had a lot of psychological distress. Oh, my God. We think that the penalty for... Oh, my God. I should have sued the lady that waxed well, my eyebrows. Like, you know... The burns, I think she's going to be okay. I don't know how quickly after this picture was taken. But here's the this thing. This is kind of how you look after a laser treatment. Do honestly. you have to go to another laser treatment? Probably. She'd probably have to, yeah. That's the hard part. Because then if you have PTAs. Oh, God. But how fucked I'm sorry. How like fucked up is it that the beautician was on the phone with her boyfriend arguing? Like She couldn't even wait I mean, <laughs> until she was done with the job. It's so wild what people i mean we talked about anya going up to the woman at the gate i told that story at the mm-hmm. opening of the show you know when she told that woman to oh you had left the you had left the green oh. room the other night anya had told the story of going up to a woman at um when she was on her way to denver for my special who was talking on her speakerphone loudly she went up and was like hey could you be quiet and the woman was like no and she was like she goes we can all hear you. she goes i don't care she goes you don't care and she goes no and she goes and anya's like okay well great and she goes, that's pretty rude. And she goes, you're rude. And Anya was like shaking, like vibrating with fear. And then she went, she waited a little bit longer. And the woman was a gate agent. She had like a coat on when Anya approached her. And she was oh like sitting in the corner. And God. she ended up being a gate agent. It's just like, 
people, have you ever had someone like do something inappropriate while you're getting a service? Yeah, I mean, well, I talked about the other day, the clipping the nails. And oh, the yes, therapist. that's right. Um, I had, uh, oh, well, the eyebrow incident of 2006 before the wedding where oh, yeah. they put on, I don't even know if they put on wax. I think she just put on like Elmer's glue or something way worse than wax and just rip Lava. my eyes off. Just not really paying attention. You would have noticed. And I hate when people fuck up. You got to no watch it with those estheticians sometimes. They really are just like, you don't, it could be the first day on the job and they yeah. are using really hot stuff that, and people's skin burns at different, oh, But here's thing. the thing. I think like when people, this is the thing though, because like with business, you can't apologize because once you apologize, you can You're get liable. sued. Yeah. So then you go, oh, no, this is what it is. Your eyes are supposed to How spew annoying blood. is it when you are at a restaurant and you have ordered something like, oh, I need ranch on the side too. You order it with your meal, right? Yeah. And they write it down and they go, okay. And then they deliver your thing and then the, the waiter runs away and they haven't gotten the ranch and you go, oh, they're going to get my ranch. They don't bring it, whatever. And then, you know, three minutes later, you catch them just walking by refilling someone's water and you go, oh, hey, can I get that side of ranch? And they go, oh, yeah, I'll get you a side of ranch. Like, it's the first ah. time you asked. Oh, yeah. It's oh, ranch lighting. that is a fucking move. <laughs> it's and ranch I don't lighting. Like it. Ranch lighting sucks. If you guys have been ranch lighted, any let's call it. Let's ranch call it when, whenever a, a, some a, you know a customer service agent yeah. or someone working in customer service. Because listen, customer, you know I have so much empathy for customer of service people. I'm I'm it's I'm tipping easy. I'm tipping five dollars on every Starbucks drink I get in this holiday season, and I I really like I don't fuck around because. It sucks out there, and I hope um, Starbucks can unionize. By the way, I'm in support of that. Um, but it's uh, and yeah, guys, will you just please everyone out there be nice to everyone working for? Unless you get ranch lighted, working for any kind of corporation where they don't, they shouldn't take pride in it. And you know what I'm talking about. Pretty much any job that isn't their family business or something that is like their passion in life. Just let them suck at their job because they're making $14 an hour. They uh, they can't afford a, to live in an apartment on the, like it's the system's broken. Just be kind and tip generously if you can this holiday season to everyone working in at a car rental place if they're moving slowly at Starbucks if they're moving like molasses yeah. at a fucking even if, if they're, they oh, yeah even if they burn your face doesn't matter what job. No. Listen. If they burn your face, it's fine. If you're paying four hundred dollars for a laser treatment, you should you you should get a level of respect. If you're paying seven dollars for a latte, I'm sorry. I know that's a latte <laughs> for a latte, but it's still seven dollars, and this person doesn't really give a fuck about I, you. I hear you, Nikki, but I think seven or four hundred. If you're at Starbucks and they pour that hot coffee on your face, you got to have some empathy I've, for them. Honestly, I think that is one of the best treatments out there that no one knows about. And I was going to do a TikTok the about it. Latte. Like, hey, you guys, here's a secret Starbucks order. <laughs> you get a vanilla latte yeah. with non-fat milk uh -huh. and you get it extra hot. Oh, my then God. you gently pour it all over your face. Okay. Wait two to three business days. All right. And then afterwards, when it all peels off, mm -hmm. you will have a shiny face because you will look like a burn victim. Oh, but my God. But you'll look really dewy. Ah. Uh. Um... That's my TikTok. I look like a star for a few bucks. Um, <laughs> Starbucks. Oh, I get it. Okay, next news story. That's pretty good. Let's all look like a star it was good. for a few. It bucks? was good. Come and on. honestly, guys, let's all. And I want to hear from our listeners, not only about being ranch lit, 
but also about horrible customers. No, 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 no. About first of all, yes, sure. Horrible that customers. That's great to hear stories, so we can all learn to be better. But stories of where you went out of your way to actually be a good customer to someone who was giving you shitty service and doing the opposite and saying to them. Hey, happy holidays. I hope you have a good day. Hey, listen, I know you guys are slammed. Don't worry about the weight. Thank you for even saying sorry about the weight. Or like just a thing where you went out of your way when you didn't have to. And I'm going to try to do the same. Also, if you work at Amazon, I kind of want to know like what's really going on. Yeah, let us know what's really going on over there. If you work there, let us know. Are you really still peeing in bottles and stuff like that? Yeah, are the bottles being poured on your head? We're whispering it so we don't get caught by Bezos. And so that, uh, you know. But I know uh, sure Siri doesn't hear us. Wait, th- it's not Siri, it's Alexa. But I think this is when the Alexa starts listening. listening once you start whispering. Oh yeah, the robots start listening. Because then they're like, they must be talking. They go, they go wait, shh, sh- hold on, someone's talking. The That's they, they're, they're all yeah. like, and then they go, they didn't hear that, but okay. they'd hear that if you went, wah, wah, wah. okay, one more news story and we gotta Okay, study indicates that the benefits of free balance. No, out loud, wait, wait, out loud, wait, Andrew. Wait, no, I actually like doing this ASMR thing, let's just do it. It's very hard to edit this, though. Oh, it is. Why? Wow, when we whisper, we're talking so loud. Okay, why don't we just do soft spoken then? Okay, okay. is that so better? Studies. Yeah, try studies, to do it as softly as you can. Studies mm-hmm. indicate that the benefits of rebound sex are usually greater than the damage it causes. The benefits you're saying the benefits of rebound sex are greater than the damage it causes. I would um I would agree because I do think that rebound sex mm-hmm. is not based on someone being open to falling insanely in love with someone. So you're not going to have those negative effects afterwards of being addicted to someone because you're trying to get over someone you're already addicted to. Thus it's only going to um it's going to anesthetize that uh, pain that you're experiencing who you're trying to get over rather than create a new pain um, So that is good news for everyone that's a good point. Who's using rebound sex as a way to cope um, with your broken heart. I never thought of it this way yeah. honestly until I uh, Softly spoke it softly spoke it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess that's the only thing I can, the only way I could learn um, at all Yeah, uh, get out there and rebound just be safe. No, but I always felt like when rebounding that you're like trying to fill a void And I guess if you're not looking at it as trying to fill no, that void you're trying to just Because they said it can make you feel more secure with yourself of like how you look who you are because someone else is fucking hell Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's all true, too. And it just it it really I remember that scene in um, the John Cusack movie high fidelity where she's His ex-girlfriend is grieving the loss of her father and she's just crying all the time and she's she sleeps with her ex she goes, I just want to feel... Wait, that's a really good impression. If you know what I'm talking about, the scene, she goes, I just want to feel something else. And then she like gets on top of him and like starts crying. It's such a hot scene, but you know that feeling of being so sad, you want to feel anything else. Yeah. That's why we reach for food. That's why we reach for drugs. Like Sex can be a soothing balm to put on your broken heart. So uh, go out there and, and get it. That's, a, that's good news. Let's take a break and we'll come Wait. back with... Hold on. Before we go to break... Before yes, on our other well. break, you said Andrew had some news. Mm. Let's take a break and come back with Andrew's news. Okay. Is that okay? I want to yeah. tease it. You got to listen to this commercial first. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. All right, we're back. Andrew, what's the news? Oh, uh, so Brenna and I are moving in together. Yes, you announced that the other day on Instagram. We looked all over St. Louis. Mm -hmm. We scoured the area. We went to Lincoln uh, Lafayette uh, Park. We went to Tower Grove. Grove. We went to Central West Ends. We went all over the place. Both ends of the Central West. We went all over. We saw more than Lewis and Clark's. Wow. And we have decided after seeing drum roll, places, please. <laughs> and I know this is gonna, this is gonna, people are gonna be talking about this. No, people already see it coming. We're moving. <laughs> drum roll, please. Nine floors down <laughs> in the same building. <laughs> and he's not. Just kidding. 
It's really happening, wow. you guys. We found a one bedroom in the building and love it. I'm I'm thrilled. Ecstatic. Ugh. This building's a great building. It's a great building. You know how we feel about it. And honestly, this morning we had a little bit of a, a technical thing that had to take place, and I go, Oh my God. I'm going to have to do that stuff if Andrew doesn't stay close enough to come over and fix it before the podcast. Not anymore, buddy. You just te- take the elevator up and boom. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, we're moving to Lafayette Square. No, I'm so excited to have you both in the building because I will, like, it'll just be fun. Like, sometimes like, like last night was so fun. Brenna can just come up here and we can have some girl time. We can sing some Taylor Swift. You guys can come up here and we can watch movies. Like, We'll we'll probably hang out more because of this. I think it's going to be a great thing, and I do. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to fucking, you know, my commute to work. Oh, and, and moving <laughs> down nine floors. I never. I want to die in this fucking building. <laughs> I love it. We just I'm so die excited on the first floor. Here. Let's do our um our wild card Wednesday game. We are playing Esther Perel's uh, new ish board game called uh, Where Should We Begin? Yep. And that's, I said it like a question because it is a question, but I said the wrong kind of question. Where should we begin? Where should we begin? Um, Which is also the name of her podcast where she, uh, it's a great podcast. She's um, an amazing woman who uh, opens up her therapy office and you get to listen to couples, go to couples therapy and it's so helpful. But um, this is a fun game where you pick two cards. One is like to set up the premise of like, we're going to tell a story about this thing. I just asked the mirror ball. That, the yeah, Taylor, ma- yeah, the Taylor Swift magic eight ball that a fan gave me. moving to the third floor is a good idea. And it you said, like in your head you asked it? Yeah, yeah uh-huh. it says, don't say yes, run away. <laughs> don't say yes, run away. Oh, shit. All right, well. <laughs> and that thing always gets it right. Every time. Um, all, all right, right so, so Esther Perel, how do we so play this what the game? subject? There's one card that's the subject and then there's one card that is, um, or one card is a question and one card is like within the that question what's yeah. the what's the thing we're talking about yeah, so like Noah, a guidance yes okay G- give okay. us the uh two things okay so the card for the story is i'll never forget being bullied by so that's what we start our story with and then share something awkward okay well i've shared this before um wait but let me share a different one i'm confused so you have to start the story with i i'll never forget being bullied by and then you have to share within that answering that question something awkward. Like the it has to have the theme of awkwardness. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. No way am I yeah. correct about that? You got it. Okay. You got it. Um, I'll never forget being bullied by a female comic in St. Louis when I first started between the years of two thousand two three and two thousand now. Um, I'm sure she still hates me and is trying to ruin me, but uh, good luck, bitch. Um, she, I forgive her totally. No, I don't. Um, she's never apologized and I should, I need to work on forgiving her. Anyway, she, I remember around 2010, I moved back home to St. Louis after failing in, uh, no, 2009, I moved back home in St. Louis after failing. I moved to, I moved to LA in 2006 after getting on last comic standing and having done comedy for a couple years. And I you know, I just, she hated me. There was many stories I could tell of this girl lying about me sleeping with comics, saying I'm not funny, just trying to get all of my friends at the St. Louis Funny Bun to, to hate me. And um, in, in a way, was successful at that. I had to actually, that's why I, I left in um, 2006 sooner than I probably would have, because I just 
everyone didn't like me anymore. This not, not everyone, but a lot of people. It was just awkward to go up there, my home club, because this woman had told, made everyone think I wasn't funny. She also thought Tommy Jonigan wasn't funny, who was another of my. Uh, we were both the new comics on the scene in St. Louis. If you think Tommy Jonigan's not funny, uh, when she when I found out that I was like, oh well, then she's then she could be wrong about me yeah. because she was really funny. She's funny, and she was the, the top comic on the scene when I started. It was her, Greg Warren, and this guy, Jeremy Essig. And she got Jeremy against me. Jeremy and I are now really good friends and have patched things up. But she just fucking hated me. She said that the, the high school cheerleader shouldn't be doing stand-up. I'm like, bitch, I don't have rhythm. I, yeah. uh, you know, I don't... Well, you showed I, I her by getting eliminated first. Oh, she probably loved that. But anyway... <laughs> She, um, no, she I moved back in 2000 as not a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved back in 2009 after I was on the tonight show. I had a little bit of a success, but like instantly was on the tonight show in January 27th of 2009. And then I moved back home because I was still, you know, having to eat subway for all my meals and borrow money from my parents. I was broke. Moved back home. It felt like such a failure tail between my legs. And I come back to the funny bone. She's there this time. I'm like a drunk at this point. And so I'm matching her vibe. Um, and I have a little bit more confidence, but not that much. And I'm trying to be friends with her now because I'm like, listen, let's put this behind us. She, one, I get the balls to confront her because Greg Warren actually did me a favor and heard her talking shit during one of my sets in the back of the room yeah. and goes, why don't you, why don't you ask Nikki if she had sex with all these people that you say that she had sex with that wrote her jokes for her? Go, why don't you ask her? Why don't you, have you ever asked her about it? And she goes, fine, I will. And so I, she, we were at, at the jazz club after the, the set, the same one we were at the other night. The fact that I've been to these places now gives the story so much. Like, the fact that you gave this lady so much. Validity. You would have, too. I know, you would I know, still. no, I know. She's so fucking intimidating, dude. Yeah. She is the, the, she's Regina George of, like, Mean yeah. Girls. Yeah, yeah, And so I, I go over to the, the, every time we would do the Funny Bone, it was, like, this big night. Everyone would be there. It was this big fucking cool hangout. And then we would go next door, and we would just drink and do karaoke. It was so much fun. It was the best time. And I was always scared of her, though. She would stay at the bar and stay with her friends, and I would, like, be with mine. And I, she just goes, Nikki. And she, like, summoned me. And I walked over, and she was like, all right, did you have sex with Polly Shore, Doug Benson, kept naming all these people. And I go, No. No, I blew one of those people and it wasn't the two people I listed just by the way. I go, one of those people on your list, I did blow, but I didn't accept the guest spot that he offered me. I actually turned it down because I thought there's no way I'm going to perform on his show. I'm so bad at comedy. I've never accepted anything from him in terms of, I liked him. I wanted to marry, I thought I was going to marry him. That's why, I, which I didn't deserve to give her any of this, but I wanted to be honest and show, okay, well, I'll give you one of those. But no, I didn't have sex with Pauly Shore, Doug Benson. I worked with them. And so she went from saying I wasn't funny to when I got funny, she used to say people wrote my jokes for me. Mm -hmm. So I was never going to win, ever. And so I always tell young female comics that when they'll say you're not funny, then you get funny and they'll say men wrote jokes for you. So you can't, you'll never win. You'll never fucking mm -hmm. win. Or they'll say you stole jokes from male comics. Yeah, that's the what they do. So anyway, sorry to make this long story. Yeah, you changed that dick joke to a pussy. <laughs> So I remember she just goes, yeah. It's just so funny of you just like. Yeah, like, well, yeah. My wife is all, I mean, my husband is all over yeah, me. Yeah, all my micropenis jokes turn into <laughs> clit jokes. So I, um, she, she goes, this person, and I go, no, no, no. And I was just like trying to plead with her. And she just goes, well, 
I don't believe you, but okay. And I remember oh. being like, oh, thank you. Like just for saying like, whatever. And I remember being like, thank God we're like patched up now. But after that, I kind of got this like, I started getting a little bit more confident because I just saw her for what she was, which was like a sad person and filled with hate. And, and then Greg Warren was the only one out of all my friends, by the way, who stood up for me and without doing, without being mean to her, without just, he really did stand up for me and thank God for that guy because everyone else, one day, I have to say this one last thing. I know this is now, so long. Do you long. feel like, no, no, I think this is great. But do you feel like because you got at least a little bit, of, you got not a little bit, a lot of success for yeah, an early, did that feel, when you came back to St. Louis, did you feel like a failure or did you feel like, oh, I yeah, have Yeah, because it didn't matter. She thought I was tricking people. She thinks she's the But brain. even with like getting the Tonight Show and all that still didn't, yeah. No, she, no, I get she, it. I she get, always yeah. said, this is what she said. So when I was in St. Louis, so uh, in 2008, right before the Tonight Show, December, I'm, I went home for Christmas living in LA at the time, but went home for Christmas and I started dating. I got my first boyfriend. He was a comic on the scene who was like, in my opinion, the best writer. I was obsessed with him and his jokes and got him. We finally started dating. Um, and then we were doing long distance from LA. I moved to LA and they used to do this thing on this website, rooftop comedy where they would broadcast uh, the open mics the next day like they would sh they would take the open mics and chop yeah. up all the sets and I could watch everyone's set and I got to feel like I was still part of it and so I remember watching on my roommate's computer in LA Lisa's computer I like went into her room because I wanted to watch my ex-boyfriend Jeff's set and see all my friends and I was like let me just watch this girl's set because I just have a feeling there's like a vibe that she's talking about me even though I hadn't really had a run-in yeah. with her for a while. Maybe actually over Christmas we had had a run-in. So this was during Sarah Palin times, by the way. Okay? Um, this is 2008. You know, like, Obama had just won. But Sarah Palin was still very much in the global consciousness. And she did a joke where she goes, you know, the thing about Sarah Palin is it's just because she's hot. That's the only reason people even give her even a chance to even talk. It's because she's hot because they want to fuck her. And she goes, and she's blathering on about her. And she goes, no matter what insane things that woman says, there's always a group of guys in the back of the room that's like, I don't know, she's kind of cool because they want to fuck her. And I just remember watching that set being like, I think this joke is about me. Like, I just have a feel. And it was so narcissist of me to even think that because it's like, you know, obviously she thinks this about every back woman, room, right? Yeah. But I just was like, there's just a feeling. So I kept that feeling in my system, but I didn't say anything about it till I went back home, um, you know, in April of that year. And I remember I was talking with my friend Gabe Kia, who is a best friend comic of mine that was in the room that night. And I remember just we were talking about me watching sets or we're talking about this girl and I go, there's one joke she did. And I was like, and I just, I go, Gabe, I know this is insane. We were just like smoking pot all the time, just talking about stuff. And I go, I just feel like she did this one joke about me. It's so stupid. And he goes, Wait, they posted that? And I go, what? And he's like, I don't think they, I don't think they, po wait, what? And I go, what are you talking about? And he was like, um, wait, what What do you mean? And I go, it was like about Sarah Palin. And he goes, they posted that? And I was like, what are you, yeah, she said, there's yeah. always a group of guys in the back of the room that are like, she's cool. And he goes, and then it stopped. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, well, um, it didn't stop there. She went on to say, in other words, 
Nikki Glaser is the Sarah Palin of stand-up comedy. To a room of people, by the way, that are not only my, my boyfriend at the time, all of my best friends in comedy, which are like all my best friends, and a room of people in St. Louis that don't know who I am. I wasn't a household name or even yeah, a name. Yeah, yeah. So she was just saying that just to create an yeah. air of hating, and to say that I was the Sarah, like to say I'm Sarah Palin was like the worst insult yeah, you like could ever get back then. Yeah, it's like if I was like Donald Trump of comedy. Yeah. And he was like, and I go, why didn't you fucking tell me? And it's because this woman caused so much fear out of everyone. Like That's so you were wild. How like I probably wouldn't have defended myself. Isn't it and crazy? After she did that, I was like, "It's war." So then I used to go. <laughs> I know this is so long. Word. No, like, no, no. I think this is great. No, and I want to know more about it. I want to know more about so after St. Louis because I well, never asked you about certain. Oh things. my god, I, I, I could talk like all day about what this girl did. Finding out her like you, you could hear. I mean, I, I'm going to save it for my book. There are countless stories of what this woman did to me. But I'll just get to the awkward part. So I came back to St. Louis and I'm there for a while. I suddenly like get a little bit of a like, okay, a little bit of confidence, but it's still shaky around her. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to an open mic one night and I'm feeling like I get a letter in the mail right before open mic. I go to my parents' mailbox and it is telling me I have um, HPV. (laughs) It's like a letter that says you have abnormal cells and you have HPV, which I like didn't know I had in in that that time. I really was kind of like, oh, everyone has. I think I already had a joke about having it. It's so funny because I thought the letter was going to be like Comedy no. Central saying so this is you the got awkward the thing. special. This is the awkward thing. No, no, no. This is not a good, like, this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so I am a little bit rattled about having HPV, but at the same time, I'm like, whatever. But I'm more rattled about performing in front of this girl that night. And I did my set. I did. I always wanted to have new jokes for her. So she couldn't say I was like a fucking hack. So I was going up that night and I was just overwhelmed and I started kind of not doing well on my fucking four minute set whatever it was and I just go I thought I I just wanted she thought thinks I'm a slut she thinks I'm not funny she think like I just wanted to like for some reason my brain was like she's watching you she hates you she's gonna talk shit about you (sighs) bully yourself right now more than she could ever bully you and I go guys a mile I have HPV, I found out today. I have fucking HPV. I got an ST. And there was no joke. I just wanted to punch yeah. myself yeah. harder than she, in a way that she would be like, I don't even want to make fun of her. That was the saddest thing I've ever seen. I got off stage. I was like shaking. I remember Tommy and Greg coming up to me being like, are you okay? And I was like, I have to, go. I just, I want to go. I'm just like so upset. And they took me to Hooters and we had the best night. Mm. But it was so awkward that like in that moment, I didn't even plan on saying that, but it that I think they took you to the HPV of restaurants. Yeah, being <laughs> honest, I guess, is just a defense mechanism of feeling yeah, like done other people I've are gonna that. be that's my whole life. Yeah. So that was my awkward thing. Let's go into final thought and you share yours. I wanna know like let's talk about it tomorrow, but I I, I don't think I ever asked you about after coming to St. Louis, how did you rebound from that? Because I think like that's a great story. Maybe that'll obviously be in your book, but like, I never asked you also how you got your first half hour on Comedy Central and stuff like that. But I got a show on MTV, and they had to finally acknowledge that I was a talent because oh, they did wow. not give me anything. Comedy Central wouldn't look at me, and sometimes you gotta go elsewhere before they you look get, at yeah. you. The w- and then Comedy Central wanted to fucking do everything with me. Interesting. But they, but but they knew about me for years and years and years. But I was always like the girl that dated Joe DeRosa, that was new on the scene, yeah. like was just you know Connected Amy's to- friend, like you know the, the people that decide these things are, you know, 
just uh, there at the time it was like two women that probably I if I were in their shoes too I would have looked at me and been like oh it's just she's doing the same thing Amy's doing we don't really need it and they didn't need it uh. and they were probably right to not put me on TV until and then MTV put me on and then they were like oh they were giving away half hours and then I submitted and I was and, you know I had submitted a ton before that for live at Gotham and, you know any kind of little thing I could get and never even got like a call back but um and and I'd, they'd seen me a lot. But did you move early from St. Louis the second time to oh to New York? To so New I stayed York. in St. Louis for a year and a half. A year and a half. When I moved back in two thousand nine, yeah, and lived with my parents for a year and a half, and then I moved in two thousand ten. This is the kind of shit that I don't think people realize about you, because they see, and maybe even myself. I'm, I never thought like, oh, she just. But they see you get last comic standing when you're tw- twenty one. They see you get the Tonight Show, and then. 24. For a fucking year and a half, you were back in St. Louis. I got the Tonight Show January 27, 2009, lived at, moved back April 1st, 2009, lived there until July of 2010. So a year and two months. So you moved, yeah. And then you go back, then you go to New York for the first time of and ever I, living there. Yeah, yeah. From 2010 until, yeah. And how did you feel about the mics there? I mean, luckily you knew Amy a little Amy bit. Amy helped me out a ton, but yeah. like, dude, uh, that you know what? That's when I first started, that I got a podcast with Sarah Schaefer that we met at a party and we're just like, we literally, the story of our, Sarah's in 2010, when we started the, uh, you had to be here podcast. W- w- I remember we were at, um, Brian Baldinger's. Do you remember Brian, Brian Baldinger? No, I never met him he used to book Montreal and, uh, I, he, he still books comedy. He's a great guy, but we were at his party and we, I met, I just moved to town and Sarah and I were over this, like the chips and hummus eating at this table. I was probably like starting my nightly binge. And, um, and I was still drinking at the time too. And Justin Timberlake came on and we were just like talking about how much we liked him. And I, she had booked me on some like bar show she did and we had, she wasn't even there that night and we didn't meet, but we're eating. And, um, and this was at a time when podcasts, everyone was like, everyone has a podcast. People were saying that back then. Cause I remember when we go, should we do a podcast? No, everyone has a fucking podcast. Like, 2010, oh. you guys, 2010. So if you're saying it now, just get over it. Start your fucking podcast, okay? Because yes. everyone's they've been saying it all along. So <laughs> Mark Marin made sure. He's like, yeah. everyone has a podcast. He's well, like, this oh, was WTF like one you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. days where yeah. everyone was starting one because of Mark. And so Sarah, I was like, I've always wanted to start a podcast. I had tried to start one when I was back home in St. Louis. I got all the equipment. I spent thousands, like $1,000 on equipment, did a couple test episodes and didn't go well. But um, so Sarah and I were just like, eating chips and <laughs> at this party and I was like I want to start a podcast and she was like I do too and and I was like we should start one together and she was like would you and I was like uh yeah and she was like okay meet me at Rockefeller she worked at Jimmy Fallon and, as a blogger at the time and had won an Emmy from it and she was like a really go-getter yeah. I would have never gotten into podcasting had someone not been like okay I'll I'll fucking run it for yeah, us. Yeah, you just yeah, show up. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And um, and so that's how that. And then once I started a podcast that we got in the New York Times and then it, it just caught on big because we had a really interesting concept and it got a lot of press. And then that was like, okay, I'm doing my own thing separate from anything Amy's getting me. And then, you know, my stand-up obviously developed on its ah. own from stuff like that. But yeah, it was that podcast really. And then that, you got the MTV. And we got a viral video for Justin Timberlake. We said, come back to music, Justin, because he hadn't done music for like eight years and we did this really um sad can i play it did we you, we went is viral a video on youtube yeah here's a video that we made for uh justin make music again and this was our first conversation we had and after we were doing the podcast for a while sarah was like i want to do a video 
It's black and white. It's like a PSA almost with a bunch of comics that you'll recognize in it talking about Justin making music again. It's three minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but it's called Justin Timberlake Make Music Again. 2006. It wasn't so long ago, but things were so different. George W. Bush was president. Pluto was still a planet. The national mortgage rate was at 6%, and I pretended to know what that meant. But most importantly, in case you forgot, Justin Timberlake released future sex love sounds. And that was the last time Justin Timberlake released an album. Five years. Five years. Every day without a new Justin Timberlake album feels like an eternity feels pointless hopeless unsexy <laughs> i have no way of telling the girl who cheated on me how i feel i can't dance up in the club kurt brother because i can't even say duck club i have to say the club because i'm white how am i supposed to feel tingly am i down there am i down there <laughs> i haven't had an orgasm in three years i don't know how to pleasure myself to rachel Bruno mars i've never had an orgasm children are dying Probably. And who do we blame, mm. Justin? Diaz? Mila Kuntis? Was it Beale? Cunt. My mother? That whore. Justin Bieber is too young for me to jerk off to. Speak for yourself. Justin, <laughs> it feels like you're cheating on us with acting. Lisa hasn't spoken in five months. Oh, I know him. Remember that Corey. time you showed the world Janet Jackson's titty? That was awesome! Do that again. She thought she was hearing a new Justin Timberlake single. But in fact, it was a tainted sample. Sure, you performed a few new songs in your barbecue joint. I don't give a fuck. Someone had made a Hungarian techno remix of Sexy Back, and she wasn't able to turn it off in time. She heard the whole song. Michael Jordan thought it was a good idea to play baseball. Remember how that turned out? Real shitty. The effects on the brain have been, uh... It's too long. Catastrophic. Look, Justin, I like that three it. minutes, actually. You're funny, you're charming, but... But, 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 the sexy is no longer back. The sexy is gone. You brought sexy front. And what goes around comes all the way back around. Because that's how science works. Whoa. Easy Robinson. Wait too long, my friend. You can never bring sexy back back. I was about to have a threesome. Like, I had gotten the both of them in the room. And I thought, just get a little music on. And I put my love on. And they both started crying. Where's the sexy? Where's the fucking sexy? And that's your fault, Justin. Hell, I'll cheat on you. We'll date one minute, and I'll cheat the hell out of you. I did all the groundwork, and you fucked me. Why? It's like permanent PMS. Carmen. She's always going to be this way. I was going to have a threesome. So Justin, please. 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 Do what you were born to do. Do what you were forced to do at a young age. <laughs> you can do this. Just do it before you get old. Sing, Justin. Sing. Please, Justin Timberlake, make music again. I so mean... he retweeted it, and then we got it blew up, and then MTV gave us a show because of that video. That was all Sarah's idea of like, hey, I have this idea, and she sent me a script. I put in some more jokes to it. We shot it, and then... That's why you're going to sell out the Enterprise Arena. Someday. Next year. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show today. Don't be cuh. And Jackson Silverberry Lake. <laughs> what? I don't know. I was going to say Jack. <laughs> Jackson Timberlake.
But I just like got caught up in what you were saying. I said Jacqueline Kennedy. Oh, I don't Isn't know. Is that someone? I sounded like I had a stroke. Probably did. Yeah, Jacqueline Kennedy. Jack You're Hill. shaking. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.